Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Garnowski-Schneider. Today I'm joined by Paul Whedon, NBCAP, MA, Integrative Therapist, Embodiment Coach, and Clinical Supervisor. So welcome, Paul. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, thanks for having me, firstly, Patricia. Sure. So, so great to meet you. Yeah, so um, um, so I've been practicing as a mental health professional, mainly a, a counsellor and therapist for around 12 years. Um, and I've got more and more interested in, in, in coaching uh, in the last few years, and I've you know working with body awareness, um, helping professionals and creatives with their, their goals and objectives in their in their kind of personal lives as well as their professional lives around you know boundaries and uh, and making good kind of good use of their time outside work so it's fun and restorative as well as as uh, as well as uh, you know just relaxing in front of the TV and that sort of thing. Right, <laughs> I don't know one wants to do that anymore, right? <laughs> So now, in your, in your experience with mind-body counseling, how is seeing your clients do what others think is best for them impacting their mental mental health and well-being? Yeah, so so yeah, this kind of thing comes up a lot. Um, I would say uh, a lot of people find their their, their, their work their ethic, um, their, their bosses, uh, and sometimes institutions like universities and colleges have quite fixed ideas about you know how to look after themselves, how to how to be a good person, um, what's healthy, what isn't healthy. Um, but often, you know, these things are quite one-sided or black and white. And um, I find that many of my clients struggle with, uh, even in their in their personal relationships with their partners and families, that um, they have quite different ideas about what's good for them. Um, and sometimes people feel, um, I guess, attacked is, is probably the word I would use, you know, or at least judged and criticized that's also as well that's more often than attacked you know but they're kind of they don't feel free to kind of say you know i want to look after my life and my family this way or i, I want to engage in these kind of well-being pursuits uh and you know some of those people will be saying no you have to just take this medicine or you have to just engage in this type of therapeutic activity you know sometimes it's uh, around things like um you know things which we all hope won't have to deal with our family like yeah. cancer and things like that and it could be very black and white the treatment and some yeah. people want to take a more holistic approach which i encourage if that's what they feel is right for them right yeah you know it's funny because a lot of it comes you know from like upbringing and background and things like that like i said i was born and i've raised in the family of kids are seeing on the herd you do as you're told blah 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 so now you go to work and that's what was instilled in you. How to get a job doesn't matter if you like it. It's not important. You have to get a job, raise a family, blah blah blah. And this is what you're doing. Doesn't mean that that's what you want to do. And with the um, the taking pills and stuff like that, it's it is funny because now you have like I was a single mom too, and I'm running around and I'm working. And you know, I remember my son. He was a um, you know kind of like a kid who just was happy, did his own little thing. And it was funny, like you basically had to put a thumbtack up his butt to try to get a reaction out of him on something. And then the schools back in the day were getting funding for the majority of, if they had a, a 
an overwhelming percentage of people with ADHD, they were getting funding. So they were just self-diagnosing all of the kids with ADHD. So many parents were like, I don't have time for this. Okay, fine. What do I do? You give them pills. They tried telling me that with my son. And I'm like, I know my son. You would have to, like I said, put a thumbtack on to get a reaction. You're telling me hyperactive? No. But most people, you just listen to whatever the doctor said. Okay, you know best. And nowadays, the world isn't about what's best for you. It's about who's making most money on this. So it's a shame. Yeah, I'm glad that people are, you know, trying to find answers outside of the norm. Yeah, it takes courage to do that, I think, nowadays. Um, You know, I think even in, you know, places that used to be very... um, um, objective and and prefer not to take sides like universities they, they tend to yeah. be you know very much one way or the other and I don't think that's healthy and yeah. um, I don't think it's fair on people to, to make people feel like if I'm going to go send my children to this university or apply for this kind of job you've got to have this kind of lifestyle or be this kind of person when you know I think we should be free to make those kind of decisions for yeah. ourselves. That's why I always encourage people, ask questions. You know, you don't have to just accept it. Ask questions. You know, why is that better? Like, I was always a why, why, why. This is good. Okay, well, why? Like, tell me why. Okay, maybe I maybe I buy into what you're telling me. Maybe I don't. But you have that right, you know? So now, can you share your insights on the correlation between the acceptance of a distorted reality and the increase in mental health issues? Hmm. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so I've I've written some articles um, about this for actually for Brains Magazine, which I think is where we where we connected. Um, um, And what I find from from talking to my clients and and also in my own in my own personal life is that um, um, often what people around us are saying is is factual. Um, um, It's often coming from funding it depends who's, who's funding this, this opinion um tv and the media has become so ubiquitous these days i mean i, I remember when i was a lot younger you know you could people would say well take take the news with a pinch of salt you know yeah i mean listen pay attention but don't but don't do everything you say mm-hmm. and and um i find you know with people are at work these days that um there's so much there's so much privacy has become like a a taboo you know if you if you you know you're filling in a form they want to know everything about you everything about your personal type. So, yeah sexuality and, and how do you you know what what medications you take and what vaccinations have you had or not had all this kind of stuff and so i think you know a lot of people are just kind of ignoring this and just kind of uh pretending it's not happening and, and going along with it and that's affecting their, their mental health and also their, their physical health because they're, they're they're doing things that are you know not authentic to themselves actually right. um and um you know they're not thinking about what they're eating they're not thinking about um you know how how, how much sleep are they getting they're just kind of told take this pill or, or you know get this medication um or if you if you've got a if you're suffering from depression or anxiety just take these pills don't mm-hmm. you know don't, don't find the underlying problem. Yeah, don't bother finding out about what what it might be telling you. And I, I, I like mm-hmm. to think that, well, I mean, my experience tells me that these symptoms are warning lights and that we should be listening to them, paying mm-hmm. attention to them, and looking at what increases or reduces them, um, depending on what we do. So I think 
you know, it's, it's almost impossible to not have some degree of cognitive dissonance, particularly mm. in the work, if you work for a big organisation or, you know, uh, if your family are perhaps, you know, um, leaning towards, I suppose, what I would call kind of globalist kind of thinking, mm. um, you know, which uh, sometimes, you know, has some good things to, to offer us, but not always. And uh, they don't seem to have a lot to say about, um, yeah, about lifestyle really, and about mm-hmm. and how we're all different, and how you know one medication can be good for one person and not good for another. And in fact, some people, you know, it can it can it can kill them, as we know. And other people, yeah. it will it will help them. You know, um, you know, some people, uh, some alcohol is is beneficial to them, or at least uh, reduces their their negative mm-hmm. symptoms. And other people, it's it's terrible. You know, so we would never tell people you know you must use alcohol because yeah. it's definitely good for you it's like well it's definitely not good for you but right. some people it helps a little bit you know <laughs> yeah I mean everybody is totally different and that's one thing like even say I have like allergy what works for me works for me 100% doesn't work for my husband what works for him doesn't work for me which is different and it is a shame how the doctors like I said the whole world between the government the medical everybody it's no longer what's best for you it's how much money can we get and it's it's a shame like I suffered from migraines for years. I mean, we're talking decades. We're like debilitating migraines. Where it was probably three or to four times a week, um, just horrible. And they just kept giving me pills and pills and pills to the point I was getting injections for them. Now the crazy part was, once I hit over forty, you know, according to what it says on the media, you have to take all these vitamins. wasn't taking drugs. wasn't taking anything bad. Just vitamins. Well, long story short. I was on these migraine medicines forever. Well, I um, had an accident and I was in the hospital and kind of knocked unconscious. So for a month, I wasn't taking any med- any of these vitamins. Do you know since that accident, I've never had a migraine since. Oh, wow. Basically, that was like my body's way of saying, you don't need all these vitamins. Yeah. Nothing else. So That's it's amazing. like, here I was, doctors never even asked me, what are you taking? What do you want? Like nothing. It was like, okay, you have migraines, let's just check off this check. Okay, fine, we'll give you this. That's all right, we'll give you this. And the funny part was the one medicine that was working for me, again, how much money are they making? The pharmaceutical companies weren't making enough money on it. So they no longer were covering it. So, and it's insane. So the medicine they were giving for me wasn't working. It was 75% more expensive. But because the medicine wasn't bad, I had to find a compound lab that as you got a prescription, they would actually make it for you. But it was kind of like, again, it had nothing to do with what was best for me or what worked for me. It was how much money are they making? And at the end of the day, and same with sleeping, I was having crazy insomnia. Doctors just giving me pills, pills, pills. I went up going through a hypnotist at one point. Within three visits, she had me cured. All that had to do, nothing to do with anything. It was just what was going through my head during the evening. It was yeah. stuff about my kids, you know, whatever. Mm. That's all it took. Didn't require decades of pills that were just messing up my system. Nobody mm. cares about it. it it's it's yeah. a shame. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, 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 I mean, I hear similar things, but yeah. Yeah, that's really something, isn't it? Yeah, well. It's insane. Mm. Mm. So that's all. As many people feel trapped in meaningless routines and conversations. So what strategies do you recommend to break free from these patterns and find more purposeful mm. engagement in so yeah, so I've um I've actually put together a little e-guide about this. I call Six Steps uh, to Living More Authentically on Purpose. And it's really simple, really. Um, it's you can download it free from my from my website. Um, so 
what I often talk to clients about over the years is is what do you do after work? You know, what, what do you do when you're not out of work? And you know, in many cases, it's it's not much of that is meaningful or significant to them. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of killing time. It's just um, zoning out, you know, in front of TV or, mm-hmm. or similar. Um, so what I talk to people about is we need to have um, activities in our personal life that are purposeful, meaningful, um, and, you know, give value to our lives, really. And they, they don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, becoming a movie star or a professional athlete or anything like that. Um, it can be, but, it, but it's, you know, often it, it starts off as regularly uh, attending a, a dance class or a theatre group or a, a being in a, in a musical production or a band or making things with our hands. Mm-hmm. So um, I use the... What we do is we work with the four elements of earth, fire, air, and water to work out what kind of person are you. Are you naturally? Are you a very um, uh, perhaps watery and relational person? Very adaptable, very good at bringing people together and solving problems. Are you a very um, uh, earthy and kind of grounded person? Somebody who's perhaps like you know very good with numbers and accountant or a librarian type person. Um, so we sort of look at what what are your traits and what are your strengths and where where are you lacking and where where would be perhaps more challenging but perhaps beneficial to put your energy. So it, it might be uh, taking up an activity like a like a dance or or, uh, or or something creative that you would perhaps be a little bit you know fearful or. or um, you know, taking you out of our comfort zone, let's say, but that's where the growth is. So, so, so I often say to people, imagine how you would feel if in six months' time you're a competent beginner at, you know, a martial art or a dance or, or, you know, a theatre production. How, how would you feel? And it's usually, it's like, well, that would be amazing. You know, but how am I going to do that? I'm so busy with this, all these other things. It's like, well, we have to go through your diary and look at where are you maybe wasting time? Where are you not giving value to yourself? What can we take out and, and where can we say no to people? So that if you, you know, a lot of people I find they have a habit of saying yes to everything. Right. Uh, and then say so somebody says, oh, do you mind attending one more meeting today? It won't take long. It's like, well, how many have you already done today? Five, six. Right. <laughs> you know, do you really need to be there? Uh, if it's, if it's urgent, obviously, probably best attend. But sometimes we should say, you know, no thanks. You know, I'll, I'll attend in the morning first thing, yeah. but I've got an appointment. You know, we don't have to say what that is. We can just say, no. I've got an appointment to attend. It's important. Um, and, you know, just, just over time, just get better at saying, uh, no thanks. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll be there tomorrow at the usual time. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I've got these appointments I do in my own time and they're really important to me. And mm. I think, you know, most uh, big organisations have a duty to, you know, to be seen to at least try to accommodate some of that these days mm. and, and not push you to, to spend more time than you're contracted to be at work, right, and, and not be calling you uh, outside work unless it's mm-hmm. urgent or essential. Um, so I think it's a lot of it's just habit breaking and reforming kind of a better relationship with ourselves, better habits mm-hmm. with ourselves, so that we can go and do these things and also obviously spend time, more time with people that we care about, that care about us, family and loved ones. Uh, and, you know, even if it's just going for walks in the park or at the beach, you know, mm-hmm. that's really important. And what a lot of people I speak to just, uh, don't do enough of that, myself mm. included, sometimes <laughs> all the time as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I even with myself, I notice if I pencil it in a calendar, it's like an appointment. You know, I might not enjoy going to have these appointments that I go to, but you have to go. Mm. Well, now this is something, and you'll you'll start looking forward to it, and it's blocked out. So that's exactly. it. You know, yeah. we say about my calendar, people have access to my calendar, and they just start looking stuff. And if I block out an hour, half hour, whatever the case may be, 
-hmm. That's my time, you know? And they have like watches, right? Like you sit at a desk all day and it'll set an alarm or like maybe every two hours, get up and walk for 10 minutes. You mm -hmm. can do something, go outside, see the sunshine, do something, but just re regroup, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but make, we all have to make ourselves priority. Yeah, and sometimes we, we, you know, even as you know, uh, healthcare professionals, we can we can forget that ourselves and, and not realise why am I not feeling so great this week? How you know how much time have I spent outside? How much exercise have I had? Uh, how much fun have I had? So it's it's obvious, really, isn't it? I think when yeah. when we're struggling with more severe symptoms, it's because we're not giving ourselves um, the, those essential you know rewards of in our free time, right? right. So, just grinding away too much. Yeah, for sure. So. Now tell us, how does the concept of being authentic on purpose align with the principles and practices you advocate for in your counseling approach? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I, th I think it um, it goes back to the core conditions, which come from um, well, kind of the framework of all counseling and psychotherapy in, in the twentieth, late 20th and 21st century. So uh, unconditional positive regard, uh, um, and empathy, um, you know, and um, and sort of making sure um, that we're we're you know kind of aligning with with what's right for us and being true to ourselves and um, you know doing what we you know what we what we're here to do really. So, mm -hmm. so I think you know authentic's become a very um, kind of trendy word. I think in the last year or so, mm -hmm. but I, I think that's on the whole, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's it's really important to, to think about how authentic am I being. As you know, if you do anything, you know, any artistic thing commercially, you'll know that there's a, a lean towards it being, you know, sellable or yeah. or um or yeah, you know, or, or, or likable by others. Mm -hmm. And I even though artists these days don't have to worry about if their art is offensive to other people. Well, 30, 40 <laughs> years ago that would have been pretty laughable, right? The whole point is that it's supposed to be provocative, you know, yeah. rock and roll and, 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 you know, alternative art and, um, you know, we're supposed to evoke strong emotions and make people feel uncomfortable. And, yeah. you know, you, 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 parents and parents' generations were, were not supposed to like, you know, the current, current art, right? So, but now it's like, there's this like, you know, underlying kind of anxiety around, I've got my, my sponsors or my, university or um, my, my label my, my um, you know um, um, publishers they, they've got to approve this as being politically correct mm -hmm. and, and being aligned with the current narrative it can't be offending anyone it's got to uh, show you know that I think in this way that it says that people behave in a certain way and if, if not then I'm a bad person and this kind of thing um, so I think you know we kind of check in with ourselves you know, am, am, is what I'm doing. Like, maybe I'm doing activities that mm. I enjoy, but is it is it being authentic? Am, or am I kind of just, is it just box ticking? And, and in right. many cases, myself included, you know, it's box ticking because it's easier to box tick than it is to go and find mm. the right tribe, the right community of people to do what you really want to be doing. It's easier just to kind of join whatever else is doing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It is tricky to find what you need for you. And I, I love authenticity because it's like, again, we raise them, you know, women do this, women get married, they have babies, they turn to the house, men or, mm. you know, and it's changed. Women do the same. But then it gets all crazy because we want to do the same as men, but then you don't want to be categorized. It's just insane. Mm. You know, who, who you're 
pissing off at some point. Like, I mean, Dr. Seuss is what I grew up on now. They're taking them off the shelves because oh, right, yeah. people are shooting because of the Dr. Seuss book. Aunt Jemima can't be called Aunt Jemima Sierra. It's just kind of like, are you kidding? I mean, it's just wow. the whole, it's good that people want to kind of make change, but it is a, a tough point where you want to be authentic. But like you say, mm. who's your sponsors? Who's your, you know, you can't, mm. you can't really be upsetting people, but at the same yeah. point, that's what brings change. So it's mm. a tricky part. And I yeah. understand why some people kind of feel stuck because it's like, how do I move forward when it's a tough spot, you know, and mm. you need somebody to help guide them along the way, you know, because anybody who doesn't know how to navigate, like I would struggle. Like, how do you navigate in this way? You know, that's why I just say, I just tell it like it is. You know, I always say, love me or hate me, but at the end of the day, I'm still here. <laughs> it's mm. going to be what it's going to be. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I saw it's. It's really hard to kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's not too hard to be kind of authentic at all and and purposeful and, and meaningful. Some of the time, you can kind of to do it, make it more of a um, to raise it in your values, you know, and make mm -hmm. it so that your your, your daily work, um, or at least if not your daily work, then your your daily, your weekly activities, your weekly interests, your hobbies, maybe your side hustle, you know, your maybe your entrepreneurial stuff. It's 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 really hard to do that because obviously we're we're trying not to piss off uh, customers and sponsors mm -hmm. and and endorsers, but at the same time, we're also trying to make a point, right? That 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 maybe we've got something to say that isn't popular, but maybe it's important, yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can acknowledge. I mean, at Christmas, I saw. Uh, it's a Christmas, a Christmas show, and there were some songs. Uh, I think like the Fairy Tale of New York, right? You'll, you'll be well aware of that song. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, they changed some of the lyrics, and uh, I get why. Uh, but I don't see why you can't just. I mean, for starters, the lyrics I don't think were offensive in the way that people assume that they were. I think mm -hmm. it was in, it was a different type of uh, association with the words right. that, that people use in the modern day, how we've, you know, a lot of words have changed, like the word yeah. gay and things like that now means yeah. something very different to what it did 60 years ago. Right. Um, but so we can, I think we can pre, you know, sort of acknowledge that before we sing or perform something. We can say, right. so this song's 40 years old and it's about this and the words don't mean what you might think it does. And yeah, I wouldn't pick them today myself either, but I'm going to sing them the way they are because that's how the song goes. And yeah. sure, don't like that, but yeah. you don't have to say and listen, you know, I think doing that kind of thing would show a lot more courage and, and, and honesty and genuineness so rather than changing the words and pretending that the words are different. You know? Yeah. I, uh, trust me, I have my own pet peeves with all of this. Like we just had a joke because we were, had French toast and we had syrup and it's like, this is the answer. It's not even called, I forget what it's called. It's not even called that anymore. And it's like, it was like this forever. And it had a history of the woman who, Aunt Jemima. And it's like, that all of a sudden offended people that we had to go and change the name. It's like, are you serious? Like, it's at a point there's like, you can't sneeze without upsetting someone. And it gets to the point where like, just get over it. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just insane. Now tell us, in your professional opinion, what are the long-term effects of living a life that lacks authenticity and purpose. Mm, yeah, so this is really important, isn't it? So, um, you know, I, I definitely speak for myself, but just about everyone I've ever met, it's, it's, you know, I think it shows up firstly as poor mental health. Um, and that would, that would generally look like not being able to sleep well, um, probably binge eating or, or, or not, you know, not being hungry a lot of the time and then mm -hmm. eating the wrong things. 
probably having a, a bad relationship with coffee, caffeine, alcohol, sugar is a really big one. You know, just kind of you know feeling like you know I, I need something, and then just eating you know more usually cheap chocolate and and, yeah. and you know candy and that kind of thing, sweets that you know we know aren't good for us. But in that moment when we're sort of triggered and lacking energy, we, all, we, we often won't be able to stop. Uh, and if we know we've got you know, two hours left in the day to do whatever it is we're doing that we're not enjoying, uh, then we're probably just going to think short term. Um, it will show up as being in, in, impatient with our partners and friends, families, you know, sort of holding it all in all day and sort of pretending we're fine. We're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'll see you tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Yeah, great. And then going home and just like letting rip on everyone and just being like, get out of my way. You know, what do you want? You know, um, you know, not having any patience or, or respect for ourselves and others, I think. Um, probably being so exhausted that we, we feel like, you know, I can't eat, I can't go to the gym, I can't go to any classes or anything creative because I'm just too tired and fed up. I'm just going to go to bed and, you know, sit in bed and watch Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can off, and then ultimately all this can lead to more severe symptoms. So, you know, panic attacks could be one thing that often comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sort of struggling to breathe, you know, kind of, people tell me a lot of the time lately, they feel like they can't breathe, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they need to be kind of taught how to slow down, like relax, learn how to use breathing to mm-hmm. relax, take a long out breath, you know, so like slow down, you know, um, meditate, you know, learn to meditate, this kind of thing. Um, and, 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 you know, as this gets worse, it can, it can lead to, um, you know, hospitalization for, an infinite number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Often it's kind of things like having an accident and that you didn't need to have or mm-hmm. whilst driving or, or, or something else. Sometimes getting in trouble with the law because, you know, maybe we're, we're driving a car or we're uh, in a public place and, and we, we, over, we over-respond or overreact and mm-hmm. get ourselves into a situation, alteration with a member of the public or uh, some uh, official, let's say a security guard or someone, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, obviously, none of that's very good for us. Or anything we, we want. So, but um, unfortunately, I find a lot of people will wait until it's kind of past, not not the point of no return, but it's already really severe. We've already the doctors already said uh, if if you don't do something about your relationship with alcohol or food or, or you know your work, sleep, mm-hmm. etc., then you, you might have a heart attack. That's what I think. Or you or you you know you're going to develop cancer or something else. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important to try and um, you know, do something about this before the symptoms are really severe. Whilst we notice that they're they're just irritating, or they're just yeah. you know that's that's a little warning, like saying, stop doing this yourself. Yeah, have yeah. a break, take time out. Yeah, a lot of people don't recognize the signs, and I don't know if everybody fully understands that this stems from something. It could be something as how you were raised as a baby. I mean, you yeah. don't know it. It's you know, but it it kind of manifests, manifests, and to the point you're now. And nothing is ever too far gone to fix. Right. You know, they just have to take a step. And I guess they yes. need people to help show them that this is not normal. You know, we can help and recognize yeah. the signs. And at the end of the day, it all boils down to you have to make yourself number one. You know, we exactly. need the job. Yeah. Yes. You need your family. Yes. But none of that is going to be successful if you're not well, you know? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, something you touched on there, I think it's, um, you know, really important. It's, I think a lot of us are perhaps conditioned and raised to feel that some of these signs are weaknesses mm-hmm. and 
you know, and, and our families may have, you know, sometimes people tell me they try to talk to their, their parents or, or, uh, or partners about their symptoms, about how the underlying feelings they're having, about the, the stress, the anxiety, and, and, and they, you know, the advice they get is kind of suck it up or, yeah. or, um, just chill out. Is it, is it? Yeah, stop overreacting. You were lucky to have what you've got, right? You know, yeah, well, some of that's true, but, um, how can you just chill out if you're already, if your cup is already full mm-hmm. and you're already feeling yourself spilling over? You can't just chill out. You need to step back. Yeah. And everybody's, um, out. yeah, everybody's, you know, I guess tip of the cup is different, you know, so I might be able to handle a lot more than you. You might be able to handle a lot. So ways, you yeah, can't yeah. look at someone else and be like, well, didn't bother them. I, I am overreacting. You're different people. Yes. Same with yes. medicines don't work for everybody. Situations yes. don't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? People again have to put themselves first. Yes, uh, I mean, I do think there's, there's there is a lot more, um, thankfully, uh, emphasis in the workplace, at least from bosses and, and managers and, and, and you know directors to at least appear to acknowledge that this stuff is important and, and mm-hmm. self care is important. Possibly more so than some family members do these days, which is probably you know at least something in the right direction. I think a lot of it, you know, going back a couple of years, where people just started going the term postal at the office, where jobs are now realized because you spend more time in an office than you really do at home. You think about it, and people are starting to realize that we have to, you know, they'll set classes and just let people know we have someone you can talk to, you know. And I think they're starting to realize that. You know, we do contribute a little bit to this, so we have to kind of help, help, you know, help us to help you sort of thing. You know, we're here to help. We have this option. But don't keep bottled up inside because if you go postal and shoot everybody in this office, it's not good for anybody. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah preferably don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's, can you discuss the importance of ethics and integrity in personal development and how they contribute to a more meaningful life? Yeah, so, um, so I think, you know, a lot of the time people come to self-development counseling and, and psychotherapy and, and they learn a load of stuff about themselves, uh, and what's made them who they are. And they, and initially, you know, we might, might be, uh, feel that there's, there's blame to be placed in, in certain directions, you know, maybe parents, families, teachers, even, you know, um, um, but people that were, were perhaps responsible for us when we were younger. And it's not that that isn't true. Um, but I think it's important to how we are guided to manage those, you know, those realities, those realizations, because, um, you know, we may sort of go to tell people how we feel and may not get reactions that we were looking for uh it's one thing because often people they, well, they might not remember everything or if they do they might be ashamed they might not feel they can handle that kind of responsibility or that kind of challenge they may feel they were right to handle the situation how they did at the time yeah. you know it's hard it's hard to say so um it's really about um doing the work ourselves and finding a way to to move on and forgive and and, and you know um heal ourselves really like forgive you know you can if we don't forgive others and we're we're the ones holding it and either if we tell others that we don't forgive them you know it it does more to us than it does to them Uh, they'll they'll just probably forget about it quicker than we will so um 
I think it's really important to think about how do we, so who do we, who do we choose moving forward? Who do we choose to spend our time with? Who do we choose to focus on um, to get our needs met, right? We know that our primary carers weren't great at those things. Well, maybe this is part of the solution to stop expecting them to be, stop yeah. going to them, letting them do the same thing again and again. And, um, uh, and also, you know, you know, we need to make sure that what we're doing, what well, the changes we're making, obviously, if we just go and quit our, our, our job uh, and then we can't pay the, the, the bills and the mortgage and stuff, then yeah. that's not responsible and ethical either. So we need to, you know, plan change. It should be gradual. It should be a, uh, something that takes time and, and, and really well considered and, you know, gradually changing roles, gradually changing profession. Um, is, is a really important thing so that we don't you know, kind of cause harm to people. I do sometimes, unfortunately, work with people who have, you know, just suddenly left their children, like with, with uh, another parent or carer, and, and, and just felt compelled to move a long way away. And for them, it felt like that was, yeah, I really felt, you know, that was the right thing for me. I was just, all these years, I've been so, you know, cooped up and repressed and not doing what's right for me. So now I'm not doing what's right for me. And it's like, well, you are doing what's right for you, but you, 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 you have to, well, you know, if we're going to be good parents, and, you know, and our children are going to grow up, you know, thinking that we did our best and which hopefully they will, then we, they need to kind of know that we put them first, at least mm-hmm. to they were of age where we could say, look, I'm, I'm going to relocate now because you can, you can drive and mix and, you know, to where I live, you know, you right. can fly to where I live, you know, but until they can do that, then we can't just do what's, right for us but we can do we can do the little things like i'm gonna you know attend a new class i'm gonna mm-hmm. join a new community i'm gonna finish this creative project i've been working on you know like and, and, do that. and i think those little things can make the world a difference more than people think yeah um, i mean i always think you know you, obviously you put yourself first but you have like you said you have to deal with your responsibilities so mm-hmm. whatever it works to heal you, you can voice your opinion. And like you say, maybe a boss or whatever, your spouse, mm-hmm. they don't have to agree. So they always use the term, we could agree to disagree. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm not asking you to, because some people, I know some people like this where it's their way or no way. They don't even want to try to compromise. So it's like, okay, I voice my opinion. We agree to disagree, but I got it off my chest. And now I focus on me. But yeah. if I have responsibilities, children, home, job, you know, like you say, plan stuff out. It shouldn't be an instinct bowl. Not everything works that way. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it changes just how we how we choose to re-engage with this person in the future. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I'm going to communicate differently from now on. I'm going to be more selective about what I share with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it works really change internally rather than, you know, what went on back then. That's okay. not really going to change now. Um, yeah. There's what we can do about that. No, I agree. Now tell me, what role do you think modern society and its emphasis on superficial achievements play in creating a sense of dissatisfaction and disconnection among individuals? Yeah, so um, I think particularly for the younger generation, um, you know, people I work with who are, you know, perhaps, you know, under 35, they've grown up with, you know, digital media being the main thing in their lives. Um, you know, so the, you know, TikTok and Facebook has been mm-hmm. around a long time for them. And, mm-hmm. um, and those views uh, are so, I mean, sometimes I, I talk to young people and they're, they're so affected by an opinion 
uh, about a type of person or about men or about women yeah. or about a type of man or a type of human being even uh, and they've been watching you know people who really hate these types of people that they identify as being who they are yeah. and uh, and they don't they think it's like an addiction they can't it's like they, they started following something and they're like I wonder right. what they are saying now I wonder yeah. what she says now, next about me and I'm gonna you know I'm ready to write something back <laughs> or I'm gonna send it it's, what actually if that person has such a polarized view about right. and this doesn't have your best interests you know so I think you know a lot of a lot of this is about who really has your best interests? Who's really got your back? Who will be there when the chips are down? You know, I mean, if you, a lot of people you work with, you might get on really well in the workplace, but mm -hmm. you know, how many are actually there when you have when you have a, a serious problem, or, or when you're not working there anymore? You, you soon realise who keeps in touch, or who who you want to keep in touch with as well. Right. So why not? Why not invest more time into being more kind of genuine with yourself, mm -hmm. and and then just attracting the kind of people who value that, and and you know more or less you know I wouldn't say totally ignoring, but giving a lot less attention and time to people who think very differently to you, yeah. and feel that what's best for you is really not what what you want to practice and reach in life. Yeah. So so yeah. Yeah. Now, I've seen people the same where, like social media, they're addicted to social media and they post every day and they thrive on the, the correspondence, which a lot of times is negative. So you get into these debates. But first of all, you don't even know these people. They don't know you. And when you research them, this is all they do all day. They have no like They just sit here and fight with everybody online. And it's almost like the people who are doing this, it's like, is that the only validation you feel or is that the attention you need? There's other ways of getting that instead of this because yeah for me if i happen to see it i think it's funny but when i see that this is all you're doing all day it's like you're such a better person than that you know so yeah, it, again yeah. it stems from put you first you, should, you know if you because yeah, i did this yeah. i had an article out there people don't even know me they were attacking me and at first i started going back and i spent like three days defending myself and then that's a point when i researched them i'm like this is all they do so i put a blurb this is who i am this is what about you can choose to believe whatever you want I'm no longer commenting on I can't right. be bothered with this. It's like, I yeah, have to put me first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is addictive and, it, and yeah. it's kind of feeding that need to be liked, the need to, to and also to, to change people. We also, you know, yeah. part of us uh, wants to have the power to change people. Think, if I just say one more thing, it will change and it won't because they've already made their mind up about it. Yeah. And some of these people, they just, this is what they get off on. They just want they, to sit here and... Yeah, they, they just, that's their addiction. Yeah. That's like their drug mm -hmm. is... Yeah. Reading this kind of stuff, trolling, I think it's yeah. a simple term, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So people <laughs> have to realize don't waste your time and be a better person than that. Yeah. Agree to disagree and move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easier said than done, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, could you share a success story from your practice with someone overcame the challenge of living by the book, like to discover their true purpose? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, lots of people I've worked with have gone from, you know, sort of just, you know, I say just, but they're, they're like, let's say they're a lawyer, they're a doctor, a dentist, or um, a chef, or, and this is like the, how they earn their living, this is how they pay their bills, um, and they'll often tell me that they, you know, they used to maybe play sport, like football or tennis, um, uh, or they used to like singing, or they used to like making stuff, and and they stopped. They just stopped because they haven't got time for it. Others tell them they're too, you know they're too busy. 
Um, they, they, they have a feeling in themselves that it's this uh, kind of kind of self-absorbed, selfish. Um, so, you know, working through that and helping them to kind of um, carry on what they're doing, but don't, you know, don't stop that if, if that's working for you on some level. But make time to get back to, you know, join a football team or a tennis club, uh, sing a choir, a theatre group, um, uh, regular exercise, um, you know, spending time with people just for, for fun and, and enjoyment, um, going to the theatre, going to see comedy shows and cinema. Um, and, you know, this, this is the most common kind of stuff that it's not, it's not, yeah, I'm quitting my job to move to Hollywood to become a, right. <laughs> an actor. It's like most people, that's that's not it. And actually, even if they did do that, they'd find out it's not what I thought it was. But just doing it in your own time, mm-hmm. um, you know, making however many free hours you have a week, even if it's just a handful, to just really go somewhere meaningful to you is it's just so important. And, and the number of people that come back to me and thank me for helping, you know, to, to just helping them to be accountable to that and saying you know mm-hmm. have you done it this week no i didn't go i had to do oh right next week did you go no mm-hmm. i couldn't because of this and, and eventually they go and it's like look am i going to have to like walk you there because i will <laughs> you know that's what it takes like no i'm going to do it this week and eventually they do and it's like yes i had a great time i enjoyed playing football again or tennis and mm-hmm. singing and why haven't i been doing this you know they, they'll tell me why haven't i been doing this for all this time i wish why did it take me coming to therapy to to or coaching to 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 get back to this simple thing that I, I love to do. Right. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a matter of putting, you know, putting yourself first. And you can kind of kill two birds with one stone in a sense. Like, mm. I, you know, I work crazy and I like certain shows, but I also exercise. So I take my shows. I do my exercise in the morning while I'm watching my shows before I start my day. I got my exercise done. I got to see my show and I feel great. And then I can start my day. Like, you can fit it in if you find, you know, you, so, yeah. you make it happen. You know, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would get up early because I had to do a work call, but I can't get up early because I want, you can make it happen. (laughs) You just have to put yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, it's just getting over that, that, like the book says, feel the fear and do it anyway. It's like comfort zone. Slightly outside your comfort zone. Just do it anyway. Nobody's ever, you know, told me they even went to the gym and regretted it, even if they had a a minor (laughs) injury, you know, it's, it's, you don't care. It's like, oh, well, I'll go back. I'll be fine next week. I'll go back. It's like, nobody regrets doing anything that they enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Once you realize that it was something you probably forgot about, but you realize how much you felt, yeah, how good you felt from it, you'll find a way to fit it in. (laughs) Totally, totally, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So now, how does mind-body counseling help individuals navigate the challenge of separating fact from fiction in a world filled with mixed messages and disinformation? Yeah, so I often talk to people about getting in tune with uh, with our gut feeling and our intuition. There's a number of ways we can do this through reflective practice and like, you know, sort of free, free writing, just writing a journal or a diary every day for a while can really help. Mm-hmm. Um, meditating for 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening if you can. Um, some kind of um, restorative like exercise like yoga often you get insights whilst you're in a really nice pose and stretch um, you know reading and, and um, learning about people you feel inspired by listening to their story reading their autobiography or following their blog mm-hmm. their YouTube channel their Instagram um, and you know thinking you know oh, okay so so and so was in similar to me um, they didn't think they could do such and such but they did it this way okay I, I can try that you know sort of um so helping the outside reality the the, the media that's so ubiquitous 
you know that and you know can be very over the top but actually little bits of it can be if we're really selective about what we check in with so maybe we're you know listening to a really cool podcast whilst we're having our breakfast right so yeah. if that's teaching us stuff or we're driving or we're walking to work whatever you know then we could learn whilst and, and enjoy it so i would say keep learning keep studying keep reading keep listening mm-hmm. um you know tuning into yourself checking in uh you know with others where where are they where are they feeling inspired where are they mm-hmm. feeling drawn you know nice. is it is it is it from themselves and people they care about or is it is it just something that they've been told yeah, and just baby steps and little little chunks here and there. It adds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now, lastly, what advice would you give to our listeners who are just starting their journey towards living living a more authentic and purposeful life? Well, if you've enjoyed listening today, I'd really appreciate if you sign up to my to my mailing list. You'll get some free e guides and and some insightful emails. And yeah, there's, there's some the guides are around how to stay on track. It's easier said than done because it's, it's one thing to say right. I'm going to join a club and I'm going to you know, maybe uh, sing in a band or whatever it is, but kind of keeping it up is, is, yeah. is easier said than done. And there's some steps there around um, resources, how to make time for uh, for people who know more than, than, than we do at our yeah. current level. So find, find a, a suitable role model and guru, yeah. um, read their book, um, watch their, their film, whatever they put out, um, and, and, and get some philosophical wisdom. So it could be Buddhism, Stoicism, Christianity even, it doesn't really matter, but it's got to resonate with you and the values, you've got to find a way to embody them and, 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 and bring them into your life so that, you know, every day we're checking in, am I being true to myself? Are these, am I living these values or am I living other people's values? Yeah, that's all great, great advice because people are it's so easy to just follow the norm. It doesn't mean so, that that's yeah. what's right for you. That's right. So, so yeah, so it's um, authentic purpose, authentic on purpose coaching.com uh, slash free hyphen e guide, and the link will be in the description. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. having me on. No, my pleasure. Anything else you want to add that we didn't touch on? I don't think so. I think I just, just I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks so much for having me and, and great questions. And oh, it's great to great to meet somebody else uh, on on the other side of the world who's uh, feels similarly to me. And and you know in in this you know in that big web of um, connection and the internet, it's great to, to that you reached out. I'm so so pleased that we connected. Likewise. So That's how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So so um, yeah. Um, if you uh, Click on the link to my guide. Uh, you can also find me at mindbody council contact at mindbodycounseling.co.uk if you wanted to send me an email. Awesome. Awesome. Well, <laughs> well thank you again for being on the show. Again, that was Paul Beaton. So thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty Bean. Never miss an episode by subscribing and just click the bell notification to be notified of new episodes. So thank you again. Lovely. Thanks so much, Patricia. It's been my wonderful. pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.